Good morning, Living Grace Church. Coffee time, hugs time, sitting down time. Thank you. Um, it's so good to be here back again. Thank you for inviting me back. That means I didn't do a bad job last time. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful for this ministry. Uh, I'm learning a lot and I'm learning to love each other as well. I mean, fam as a family. Um, and I thank Natasha and the boys. They've done a fantastic job. They've put these things together. It's, it's brilliant. And thank you, Richard, for setting up the microphone for me. Thank you, Mark, for introducing me. Uh, but thank you, family, again, for having me. Now, some of you know me, some of you don't know me. So a, a quick recap of who I am. I am a son, obviously, um, of my parents. Um, and I am a husband to one wife, uh, my lovely wife, Divya, which you know. Uh, I'm blessed with um, five wonderful children. Um, everybody asks, is that it? I don't know is the answer for it. We'll find out. Um, so um, I hope I'm a good friend. Um, I have friends, unbelievable, but I do have friends. Uh, a quick testimony, I used to be very shy. I could not stand in front of people. I used to hide at every opportunity. Um, but hey-ho, I'm here. I cannot take any credit for it. Um, it's thank Jesus um, who has worked in my life. Um, I was suicidal. I was very sick, <laughs> completely lost, and full of pride. When I say pride, there was a time I thought, <laughs> I'm better than everybody else. But then there was the other end as well, where I thought, I am nobody. They're both pride, um, if you don't know. It was a light bulb moment for me that I was quite prideful, full of myself, because I was thinking, me, 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 me. But thank God, I mean, Jesus is so real, so real that he worked, he worked inside me. He just ministered to me and brought me out of that um, bad situations. I completed two years at Caris Bible College at Walsall in Birmingham. It's linked to Andrew Womack Ministries in America. And I'm currently doing third year at leadership training there. Um, so it, it's, it's wonderful. I'm learning so much. And I thought I knew everything. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm learning so much. We are living under God's blessing. We have problems, <laughs> a huge list of problems, but we are not under stress because we know we have hope and we have Jesus with us. When we have Jesus with us, stress shouldn't be a part of our life. But I'm learning, I'm learning, and we are resting in God's peace. Uh, now, this picture, haha, um, where we are from, we know the picture. Uh, it's called Sadhya. Shall we try it? Can we say it after me? Sadhya. 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 Um, okay, I forgive you. Um, no, uh, it's okay. Um, it, it's basically a huge meal. We used to have a celebration. There's a harvest festival. It usually happens in September. That's when we all have this. But this is my favorite meal. This is rice with so much curry. It's not a perfect picture, but this is just part of it. So what, what is in my heart is to actually serve you with something like this. This is going to sound spiritual. With lots of different dishes from the Bible. Um, so you can take some. You might not like all the curries. But some of it you might. Some of you might not. Um, some you want to have more. Some you don't want to have more. So it's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to throw at you. It's up to you what you want to eat and what you don't want to eat. Okay, so we are going to be based... This talk is based on Philippians. As we all know, we've been following the book of Philippians, uh, looking at how to serve as a disciple. So this one, Philippians 3.2, or Philippians 3.2 and Philippians 3.20 is going to be the key words we are going to look at. 
we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. So we worship by the Spirit of God. Okay? And we put no confidence in human effort. Now, I used to sit there. Oh, I usually sit there. Um, sometimes, oh few years back I will have filters I'll be thinking oh tomorrow I have work when am I going home when am I starting to prepare for tomorrow's work or I'll be thinking what am I going to do for lunch you know so some of you might be thinking what are we going to have for lunch what am I going to do for work tomorrow uh, why is this guy still talking you know all these filters you might have in front of you so my humble request is please let your guard down because I used to be at that time and a lot of ministry I missed, a lot of word of God I missed because I had all those filters up. I was just looking through filters. I'm like, what does this guy know? Oh, what do I know? You can talk. It's church. I have my life to get onto. All these filters, we listen through all these filters. So I'm, I'm humbly requesting you to let your guard down and let God minister through me. So shall we just close our eyes for a minute and pray? Um, Dear Jesus, today we are here to get one step closer to you. Let every word that is spoken here, Father, bring life and health unto our body and our soul. Jesus, let your name alone be glorified today. Amen. Daniel, book of Daniel. We all know about Daniel, do we? Some interaction, no? Do we know Daniel? Old Testament, Daniel. Daniel was one among the four, or one among many, who were taken to a foreign land by a foreign king. So he was a young boy, and he was taken to a new culture, taught new languages, new things, new food, everything new, even new identity was given to Daniel. Now, Daniel 6.3 here says, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, mind you, he was a foreigner and he was taken into a foreign country and the king recognized, wow, this guy has something in him. And he recognized he has an excellent spirit. Now, when I read it the first time, I thought, oh, he had the Holy Spirit in him, you know, spiritually. But if you look a little bit detailed, what that word really means, look at the other versions, Amplified Version, New Living Translation, and the message. The Amplified says, because of the extraordinary spirit within him. NLT says, because of his great ability. The message says, that's awesome, isn't it? The message, brimming with spirit and intelligence. Now that was Daniel. And so was other friends. Do you all know his friend's name? Uh, we, know him, uh, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they all had their original name. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel was called Balthasar. These were the names given by the foreign king. But their actual names were Daniel, Hananiah, I think, I'm pronouncing it wrong probably. Michel, not Michel, Michel, Michael, Michel, isn't it? It's, uh, my pronunciation, forgive me. And Azariah, did I miss someone? No? Daniel, Hananiah, Michel, Azariah. Four friends. Now, they all had excellent spirit in them. Now, Daniel's story we know, he was chucked in the lion's den. 
But the other three were chucked in an oven. That was awesome, wasn't it? They were just put inside a furnace because they all had an excellent spirit in them. What was that excellence in them? They did not compromise. They did not do anything that the usual people would do. They did everything with an excellent spirit. They did everything right. So Daniel, he prayed to God and he made sure that in everything he do, he will serve the king. Mind you, he was a foreign god. He was under captivity, but still he served the king with an excellent spirit. So did all his friends. And because of that, they had enemies, obviously. They didn't want them to get promoted. So they were chucked in, they were chucked in a furnace. They were chucked in a lion's den. But God brought them all out. I was surprised. You know, when you actually read Daniel, I believe it's in chapter 10, where King Nebuchadnezzar, he put the three friends inside the furnace. And he said, didn't we put three men in? But I can see four. Who is the fourth one? And further down the line, the king recognizes the fourth one is the son of God. Now, this is Old Testament, mind you, before Jesus. How did King Nebuchadnezzar recognize that was the son of God? So it had something to do with these three people, just food for thought. You know, so everybody's actions, these people put on display, as uncle was saying, they're like not just newspapers. They were putting on display God, other people, unbelievers, could see God through their excellent actions. Now, let, let me just bring you really back in. You're talking about an excellent spirit. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is their own attitude. They had a choice to make. They deliberately made a choice to be excellent at their workplace, at what they were doing. So the question at you is, are you actually excellent in what you are doing? Where you're at work, might be at home. Are we actually being excellent? Do we have that right attitude? that we have to be excellent at what we are doing. Now, let's see what Paul, coming to the New Testament, is saying about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as man pleases, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever good anybody does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's slave or free. Now this, Paul is again talking about this excellent spirit. He's not referring to the Holy Spirit. He's not spiritualizing this. This is practical. As an employee, are we doing our best for our employer? Or are we just putting on a show when somebody comes and watches us. I mean, as teachers, um, we put on a show when Ofsted comes. It's all about displaying our best. But it's mostly show. And who catches us up? The students. They'll be like, sir, why are you doing this in fun lesson? Is it because Ofsted is here? And they ask that in front of the Ofsted inspector. And you're like, shut up. But that is a culture, isn't it? We just put on a show when people are watching. What about when nobody is watching? Especially when we are going at 32 miles per hour on a 30 mile per zone. Or, you know, we just soon, when we see a speed camera in the distance, we apply brakes, we just quickly look, oh, are we actually going within the speed limit? But do we always look at it? Do we? It's, it's up to you, you know? Are we excellent when nobody is watching? That's the question that Paul is asking or he's saying. Do we do just to please man? Or do we actually do as unto Christ? Okay, now, okay, 
as humans, we can't always be so excellent. This is where the relationship with Jesus comes into play. Now, this one might be completely off chart. We know that God calls everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. So, I talked about having an excellent spirit. Why do we have to have an excellent spirit? Why do we have to do everything excellent? What is the whole point of it? Do we have a reason for doing that? What is the reason for doing that? Okay, I'm going to be excellent at everything, but why? Why? Do we have a purpose in our life? I have a debate club in my school, um, and we have a class full of teenagers. It's quite popular. Um, we had around 16 students, and the question I asked was, do you have a purpose in life? It did make me a little bit upset. These were all teenagers, um, age range from uh, 14 all the way up to 18 and 19. So, do you have a purpose? They said, no, we didn't have any purpose. We just come to college, we go for work, and then we make money, we might get married, we might not get married, and then we die. That's it. We are just a small speck in this big universe, no, no purpose. We're just here because our parents made us. This was pretty much this, the truth in the whole class. So I'm pitching the same question at you. Do you actually know your real purpose? Okay, you come to church, we come, you know, we do work, we have family, we have to look after, we have to be this, we have to be that. But do we actually know the purpose? Why are we here on this planet? Now, Paul has answered that, Romans 8 29 he says this for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters so our purpose in this life is to be like God's son who is Jesus our purpose in this life is to be like Jesus are we like Jesus that's the question, are we? So we have to be like Jesus. Let's quickly go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, we all know this scripture, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping that most of you are born again, that we believe in Jesus Christ and we have the Holy Spirit inside us. But did we, what is new? You know, it's not, we are not refurbished when we become Christian. It's not that God scrubbed all our old things away and then we just made us look new. No, we are made new. Where are we made new? Any ideas? Where are we made new? We are made new. We are brand new now. Where? How? The spirit. Our spirit is made new. How many of you have seen your spirit? How many of you have seen yourself? Be very honest. How many of you have actually seen yourself? I haven't. I honestly haven't. I have seen an image of me in a mirror, but I haven't seen myself eye to eye. I have not. Just like that, we cannot see the spirit, correct? Are we all on the same page? Am I putting you to sleep? Thank you. Um, here, the spirit is made new. Fine. But if I was stupid before, I will still be stupid. If I was a maths teacher before, I still be a maths teacher. There's nothing changing outwardly. Inwardly, I'm new. Fine. I am now Jesus Christ walking. That is literally what it means. I have got the spirit of Jesus Christ inside me. 
But it's not coming out, is it? It's not coming out. How does it come out? How can I bring it out? Any ideas? No? No ideas? Yes, you have to change your attitude. Thank you, Roy. I like this interaction. It's awesome. That's very true. Now, I'm going to jump ahead. Now, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We did not have a spirit of bondage, but we received a spirit of adoption who cries out, Abba, Father. Okay, so we have Jesus inside us. So it's lots of scriptures. The Bible is just so living. It's not a historical document. It's not just a book. It's not a textbook. It is actually full of living word. We just need to eat it, literally. That's what Jesus said. This is bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Bible is God's word. And, okay, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody, but if you don't spend time in this word, we need to start. We need to start. Okay? We need to really start because it gives us life. It gives us life. No, but everybody says, but life gets in the way. I, I know I have Jesus in me. I know I have the Holy Spirit. But there's life. Life gets in the way. You know, somebody said, life is a rat race, right? I'm sure you have heard that term, life is a rat race. What happens when you win the rat race? You, okay, you won your rat race. Everybody has a rat race. You won the race. And then what have you become? You're still a rat. That's the problem. When you run a rat race, you end up as a rat, whether in the first place or the last place. So let's all stop being a rat and let's just take a minute. Let's just take a minute. Let's just prioritize. I'm sure you have heard this umpteen times. Put God first. Everything else is rest. How do we put God first when we have so many things to do? We are selfish. We are selfish because we, we say, my job, my family, my God even. We just have our own, our own criteria about my God is like this. My God does this for me. And we even use our own, my Bible scripture. We have our own scripture. Everything is depending on what it's all about us, isn't it? It's all about us, 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 us. I know we are all like babies. Babies cry. They cry. They need attention. And we all do that. Knowingly or unknowingly. Now, I know I'm married. I just cry sometimes. I like, my wife. Hey, I won't eat if my wife don't serve me. I have my criteria. Eh? I've got some criteria. Uh, I need prayer. But, yeah, so we, have, we all have issues. Okay, but there is a God. He has put Jesus inside us. We need to bring Jesus out. So that's what I said, isn't it? We are getting there. We are getting there. Uh, put Old Testament heroes, New Testament heroes, but we'll come back to us in a, uh, come back to that in a minute. In a minute. Now, let's go. Fruit of the Spirit. We all know this. Um, do we all know this? Fruit of the Spirit. It's even a song. No. No. Okay. Now we have the Holy Spirit inside us. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, uh, we will pray for you. So we can stand with you, so you can receive the Holy Spirit. But let me just say, what's the whole point of having a Holy Spirit inside us? We have to bear fruit. Okay, these are terms that is used in the Bible, which sometimes it can get too technical, too theological. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside us, the evidence should be seen outside, not just inside. That's what I was trying to say. We have Jesus inside us, but how do we bring him in practically outside? How is it 
practical. So the first thing, we need to have an excellent spirit. We need to have the right attitude. Romans 12.1 specifically say that we need to renew our mind. We need to change our mindset. We have Jesus inside us. So every action I need to do, I need to make sure I do it as if Jesus would do. That is an intentional decision we have to make. The second thing is to rely on the Holy Spirit. Now, put a term there, jackfruit. Some of you know jackfruit, the king of all fruits. Um, but it's, it's basically where we are from. We have jackfruit, and I know it's South Asian food. It's a big fruit. Oh, African as well, sorry. Um, um, big fruit, but inside, uh, how can I explain it? It has so many layers inside. Looks like one massive fruit, but when you chop it open, it's like small, small, hundreds of small, 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 small fruits inside, which we, which we pick and eat. So fruit of the Spirit is just like that. God has given us the Holy Spirit, and we should have the fruit of the Spirit displayed. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Jonathan, come on. Now, can you say it as if everybody can hear it? Please. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, faithfulness. That's all part of fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not fruits. It's fruit. So when we have the Holy Spirit, that should be evident in our day-to-day -day life. Is it evident in our day-to-day -day life? Definitely not in mine. Am I working on it? Yes, I am working on it. Now, put a word there. Fruit is not a test result. It's not. It's, it's not you're going an exam and then you're getting a result. It's not. It is a finished product. A fruit will appear. Whatever is inside is going to come out as a fruit. What you put inside is going to come out. So if you have the Holy Spirit, the fruit should naturally come out. Now what is stopping our Holy Spirit bearing fruit is our thinking process. Hence going back, the excellence. We have to bring the excellence in relying on the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit so we can bring this fruit outside. Okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, all of this. We can bring it out. How? By practicing. Obviously, by practicing. As a mathematician, I would tell all my children, maths is just clockwork. One plus one is always two, wherever you go in this world. But you need to practice, 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 practice. Practice 100 questions, the 101st question will be the easiest one. But you need to practice that. When nobody is watching, you need to practice it. So we need to practice it in our day-to-day -day life. When we are driving our car, make sure that we are going under 30. I've read, I've read somewhere, speed limit is not a target. It's not, 30 is not a target. It's, it's a speed limit. Don't go beyond 30. That doesn't mean we have to stick to 30. Just like that, we need to practice Safe place to practice, our own self, at home. I, that's where I practiced. I changed. I used to be big-headed. I was just useless. Honestly, I can say I was totally useless. I was so full of pride, hypocrite, everything. I used to drink alcohol. I used to sit and watch telly all day. I'm not saying any of this is about drinking alcohol is wrong or watching television is wrong, but my identity wasn't that. My identity was if I go to a friend's house, open a bottle of booze, let's sit around the booze and talk. And talk what? Nonsense, absolute nonsense. Politics, or oh, somebody else we talk about, nothing useless, <clears throat> nothing useful. And watching telly, if um, five years ago, if you came to my house, you could have seen piles and piles of DVDs, 
covering our rooms. That's how it was. And my identity was, oh, movies, oh, let's, let's watch movies. If there's five minutes, watch movie, watch TV, 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 TV. And even my children were like, oh, TV, TV, TV. Now I'm trying to get them out of it, and it's a struggle. But it, it was my own fault. I was focusing so much in the wrong things, I forgot who was inside me. I forgot that I am a newspaper. I'm a newspaper for other people. I forgot that other people need to learn from me. I forgot that other people are watching me. I forgot that I am a blessing for other people. I forgot. I was like, I'm just living this life. I go to church every day. I read my Bible every day. I've done my due diligence. It should be fine, right? But it's not. There's so much more. I was missing out. I was missing out on my own children's growth. I missed out on my own children's growth. I missed out on my own colleagues' growth, whom I worked with. I missed out on my own church family's growth. I missed out on, my, on, on a lot of things, a lot of things because of my own wrong thinking. Now, again, let's go back to Romans 8.1. That was a revelation scripture for me. It says, now there is no condemnation in those who believe in Jesus Christ. Even if I read it yesterday or today or tomorrow, that verse will not change. It's going to be now there is no condemnation. So it's okay how we were so far. We can always start today. And John Maxwell, if you, know, if you don't know him, you should know him. He's a brilliant, brilliant Christian, uh, brilliant leadership trainer as well. One of his books, it says, Today Matters. The highlight of that book is, Today is your masterpiece. Make today your masterpiece. Forget about tomorrow. Don't worry about, no, forget about yesterday. And don't worry about tomorrow. Make today your masterpiece. You have an opportunity to make a change today. You can just say, ah, oh, I've heard this. I know it all. Maybe tomorrow. It's like New Year's resolution, isn't it? On the first day, we make this resolution. I'm going to the gym every day. And that's about it. I remember that we had a, a cross trainer. We, we, like Divya and I were like, we are going to buy this cross trainer. We are going to exercise it every day. We are going to be on it and we are going to run it and we are going to be like uh, six packs and everything. You know? I've got 10 pack now, but I'm working on it. Uh, but the cross trainer, yeah, we used it one week, two weeks. The third week, it was a brilliant place to dry our clothes. <laughs> and it, it, it was like that for a few months until we got rid of it. So and that's our resolution based on our own efforts. That was our own effort. I was not relying on Jesus. I was not. So what am I getting at? Now, this is the most important thing. Rest. Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 13. I'm just going to highlight a part of it. For the, um, no, not this, sorry. There remains a Sabbath rest for those people, for anyone who enters God's rest. Also rest from their works, just as God did from his. Do you know the very first time law, you know, God gave law to Moses. Do you remember the very first time the law was actually implemented? Does anybody remember that? The very first time Moses' law was implemented. Do you know when or for what? because somebody went out to collect sticks to cook food. He was stoned to death because he did it. There was a law. It was not God is not merciful, but he said, if you go do some work, you will be stoned. Knowing the law, that guy went and did it. 
and he was stoned. That was the very first time law was implemented. Now, why is God so particular about this Sabbath rest? God rested after creation. He rested, right? So we all think, oh, resting is like putting our feet up. That was wrong thinking. I did not understand that. It says, let's make every effort to enter that rest. In, an, in another version, it says, let's labor to enter into his rest. That doesn't, why should I work hard to put my feet up? That doesn't make sense, does it? That is not what it means. It means trust in God in his finished work. You don't have to focus on your own doing to achieve anything. God is saying, I have already done everything through my son. He has died for your sins, for your mistakes, whether it is relationship mistake, whether it is financial mistake, any mistake. He has forgiven you already. It is available. And he has also provided provision for physical healing. He has provided solution for persecution. He has said it. He has done it already. It's a done work. God wants us to trust in that and go to him and say, God, I'm not going to focus on what I should be doing. You know, I don't, I don't want to do church. I don't want to do Christianity. I want to be a Christian. To be Christian, the word Christian, you know, we just use it, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. So basically I'm saying I'm a model of Christ. Christian means mini Christ. That is what it means. I am a model of Christ, just like the superhero model toys we carry around. That's who we are. We are Jesus Christ. So when we say we are Christian, are we actually in the rest? Jesus did everything from this position. He knew who he was. He had his identity. He knew who he was. He did everything what his dad asked him to do. Because we have Jesus now, we are expected to do the same. So when we enter into his rest, the finished work, we are saying, okay, God, I don't have to do anything. I've done everything. All I need to do is to trust in what you do and to listen to you. We have that power inside us. It's the basics of our power 101. When you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you can speak in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues, some people think, okay, it's a religious um, mumbo jumbo. It actually is not. Um, when we, Jonathan is a classic example. I'm sorry, I'm using him. Uh, he'll just say, Dad, I can't find my homework. I don't know where I put it. Can you find it? I speak in tongues. You might, you might not <laughs> believe it's as simple as that. I use that for everyday thing. Speak in tongues, and I'll be just walking into his room, and there sits his homework. It has done not once, twice. It has done, it's happened several times. Does it always work? Uh, when, I have, when I'm like, oh, with the wrong attitude, it doesn't work. But when we completely trust in God, when the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, you do it. It's as simple as that. So one of those things, I'm not saying speaking in tongues is everything, but one of the most powerful, powerful instrument you have is speaking in tongues. You can speak in tongues. When you have the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. It's powerful. It can bring you solutions. When I speak in tongues, I say blah, 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 blah. I say something. And then something happens in my mind. I get solutions to a problems. You know, I had, I had an observation, a lesson observation. I prepared a whole lesson. I was like, I'm panicking. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just spoke in tongues. And that was the best lesson I've done for years. In my 12 years of career, that was the best lesson. And that was not according to what I planned. I just did that lesson. And I learned a lot from my own lesson. And I knew it wasn't me. 
my first CV, my first resume, I was very religious. I said, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. That was my resume, the first line. And anyone who saw that resume was surprised that I got a job. Even I am surprised that I got a job because that was just full of mumbo jumbo with just Jesus Christ in it. But I know, looking back, that God was so faithful. I had a praying wife, a praying family. They were declaring God's faithfulness over me. They were listening to the Holy Spirit and praying what needs to pray, what needs to be prayed over. I pray, I practice with my children. I pray for them for sickness to go. I practice, I practice, I practice. So when there is something wrong with me, I apply it on in my own life. And then I go out and if somebody says, can I pray for, can you pray for me? I'm ready to pray because I know it's not me, it's Jesus. And I can always go back to the Holy Spirit and draw power of the Holy Spirit and then convey it to other people. So what does it mean to be serving? What does it mean to serve in the Spirit? I just came up with this acronym. Arise. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Attitude. We should have the attitude as Daniels and Pauls. We should have a reason as we read in Romans 8. We should have a reason to fulfill our purpose. What is our purpose? To be like Jesus. So we need to have an excellent attitude. With that attitude, renew our mind, believe. Our reason here is to display Jesus to everyone. Our identity should be rooted in Christ. You need to know that we are a child. I've got hundreds and hundreds of scriptures lined up here, but I'm not going through all of it. But we have our identity in Christ. We are walking around with Christ inside us. We are mini Christ. Trust in the spirit, Holy Spirit, not on our own flesh. When we say flesh and carnal, all these are theological terms. It just basically means don't do what you want to do. You know, don't just get to sit in front of telly. Don't just sit in front of, you know, what, what nots. We can always reel back and trust the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is real. Jesus is real. I'm not naming names, but one of the brothers in Christ, he actually said, I don't even know where I'm going to go after I die. You know, am I going to heaven? Is it real? I don't even know. I just, I've heard of it, but I don't know. And this person I know, he's born again. I know I have seen him speak or heard him speak and seen him serve in church. But when he said that, that made me think. I wasn't questioning him. I wasn't judging. I was like, that's true. You know, we, we hear all this, but do we actually believe do I actually know that I know that I know that when I die, I'm going, I'm going to be connected with Jesus? Do I actually really know? Do I actually really believe that? Do I really believe Holy Spirit is inside me? Or do I just walk around saying I'm a Christian, so I need to behave in a certain way? No, it's things to think. But I can say my life is an example. Jesus is real. Holy Spirit is real. So we need to... Change our thinking, excellent attitude. We need to fulfill our purpose, our reason through the identity of Christ, depend on the Holy Spirit, and we need to encourage ourselves and encourage others around us. That is for me servanthood. Servanthood is not just being a slave. No, no, no. Serving as a disciple means being a disciple, being Jesus for everyone around us, including our own lives. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So let's just conclude with Philippians 3, verse 20. We are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. It's Paul saying that, and it's true for everybody. If you have 
the born again, or if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, if you are born again, you are a citizen of heaven where Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that power inside us. I always tell my children, we are superheroes. Literally, we are. We can bring dead people back to life. No superheroes in Marvel or DC or whatever comics it is can bring dead people back to life. You know, we all think dead is a, death is a superpower. No, it's not. Life is a superpower. Life is more powerful than death. I can easily kill someone. Can I easily bring them back to life? No. Death is easy, but life is the difficult part. And we are carriers of life. We are superheroes. So I'm encouraging you. I've learned it. I'm so excited to share with you that we are carrying life in us. We can bring dead people back to life. Come on, that should be exciting. And it's so true. The whole Bible, it's not stories, it's true. It's a record of history. And we can do it today. Even people, there are people doing it. We hear stories even now that people are brought back to life. We can do that. It's not just for the people standing at the pulpit. No. If you have Jesus inside you, you can do it. How can you do it? By renewing your mind, by arising as a disciple, bringing it into practice. We can. Other people should see the fruit of the Spirit displayed. It's not a test result. They shouldn't come and test you and then find out, yes, you have a fruit of Spirit. It should be displayed. An apple tree, how do we know it's an apple tree? Because it has an apple. They shouldn't test everything and then find out, yeah, it's an apple tree. No, it should be evident. It should be evident. So we can bear apples. We can bear the fruit of the Spirit for the benefit of others and including ourselves. So um, I would like to encourage any of you who is not born again. Uh, we have a small ministry team. We'll be at the back. We'd love to pray with you so you can receive the Holy Spirit. Now, receiving Holy Spirit is one, but there's something else, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people will start speaking in tongues. Some people might have pictures. Some people um, will start prophesying. It's all gifts of Holy Spirit. So we need to move in the power of Holy Spirit. We need to activate that. You know, it, it's not, I'm not saying theory. I'm just saying we need to believe in it and we need to draw from the well. You know, Jesus says he's living waters. He's like, I, I remember Leah once sharing, sharing is a well. We need to draw the water out. We have Holy Spirit inside us. We need to bring that Holy Spirit, the power outside. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, all you have to do is ask and you will receive it. So if you want the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you. And if you want to move in the power of Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you. So there'll be a team at the end. And I don't know if the worship team could come and uh, jam. Um, so um, we, we will be at the back uh, ministering to you. We want every one of you to walk and move in the power of Holy Spirit. We are superheroes. And that is true. And that is so true. So be blessed, my dear brothers and sisters. So worship team, is that okay for you to come and just play some? Um, and JJ, Leah, please. So if anybody would like to have ministry, and lovely... Ladies are there at the back. Leah and CJJ are there. So please, um, please come forward for ministry. You are blessed. Thank you.